Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. Maybe you're listening to this now because you missed the live version Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by these sponsors, which I am extremely grateful for. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices. Their website, thebbqguru.com. Big Papa Smokers, creators of some of the best rubs out there and retailer of many different grills and barbecue products. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. Butcher's Barbecue, creators of injections, rubs, and seasonings. Their website, butchersbbq.com. Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. And their website is greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookshack, some of the best industrial electric smokers out there today. Also pellet cookers as well. Their website is cookshack.com. Cookinpellets.com. If you want to fire those pellet cookers that I just talked about, visit cookinpellets.com to buy your pellets right now. Also by the Chops Power Injector. Forget about using one needle to inject your meats. The Chops Power Injector system has four needles for your injecting pleasure. You can visit them at barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, KansasCity.com. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour, you can visit kcbs.us slash samstour for results, to register your team, or to see where the next event will be taking place. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and efficient cookers out there in the market right now. Visit their website at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Unknown Barbecue Accessories. You can visit them at unknownbbq.com slash shop. Hi, this is Scott Grigna from Fairfax, Vermont, also known as Scotty BQ, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Whoa! This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. And if you want to jump in on the show tonight, I'm more than happy to have you. It's a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you need to get the newsletter. Coming up at about 13 minutes from now, 12 minutes from now, a new month. Folks, I'm here to tell you, you thought I was crazy, you thought I was kooky, When I told you all the way back in the middle of January that 2016 is rapidly coming to a close, well, guess what? The joke's on you. The first Tuesday of this December brings a good visit from the good doctor, Ray Lampy. Of course. Very excited to have Ray on for the last time this year. 
At 9.35, uh, one of the last big, if not the big, barbecue competition of the year took place this past weekend. I think there's another one. Well, there's another event coming up this weekend. But as far as big, esteemed events, gaining steam year after year, all that good stuff coming up at 9.35. The winner of King of the Smoker this past weekend, and a friend of this show, I might add. Pitmaster of Lucky's Q, Justin McGlawn, joining us on the show as well. And then we will move into the second hour. Folks, if you pay attention to the competitive steak cooking competition circuit, which, you know, I said last year I had a, a bunch of 2016 plans that I was going to hold firm to, and of course I blew it just vomited all over the place when it came to following my teams that I was going to follow. That didn't work out too well. I do plan to keep more track of the SCA in 2017. And a very popular cooker, as in grill, that is uh, vaunted around that circuit is a PK grill, the PK cooker. Cast aluminum. Kind of rectangular, all that good stuff. A lot of the top teams using those when it comes to steak cooking. I might make an argument that the PK grill is to steak cooking as Jambo Pit, give or take, is to competitive barbecue cooking, just so you get the frame of reference here. Well, they've thrown caution to the wind 40 years after having never added another product offerings to their portfolio they've done it brian taylor from pk grill is going to be talking about the pk 36 all right then we will move on to 10:35, and joining me then to get more of the uh creator slash promoters view of king of the smoker sterling ball from big papa smokers will be joined so very excited I'm excited. Are you excited? All right. There you go. We're off. We're running. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com is the way to get in touch with me should you see fit. Uh, Again, live show. Get on the Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Let everybody know the show is going. My website, the BBQ Central Show.com. And uh, also, uh, our longtime video syndication partner, OutdoorCookingChannel.com, Roku as well. number of different ways to consume the show live and or after the fact, depending on what you're up to. So that's fine. Top of the second hour. It went so well with free ham and free steak last week that somebody was impressed. Color me impressed. That's what I have to say. And we have a new giveaway, top of the second hour, a $189 fireboard. That's right. Get ready for porn star or athlete because that's going to be taking place. You get three names out of five correct, and you get you get a $189 fireboard. You remember that we had Ted Conrad on this show a handful of weeks ago talking about it. They were in Kickstarter at that point, so very, very to the whole goodness. I look blue. What are you talking about? I look good. Um, 
So Ted Conrad said, hey, I heard you did a giveaway. Very excited about that. I would love to offer up a fireboard for you to give away as well. So are you down for that? I'm like, I'm always down to give away stuff to the central lights. Yes. So that's what we have going out tonight. Free fireboard for anybody that can give me three out of five names right. Porn star or athlete. Stay tuned for that. And then, not only that, and oh, folks, believe me, out of all the things that I didn't want to know were true or whatever, you know, I think it's safe to say that one of the more popular leading stories of this show the past couple weeks, well, at least last week, the week before that, it was actually getting the full story, was Chad Ward's story of potentially turning in a bear's head with a salmon filet in its mouth for uh, surf and turf at the World Food Championships. And he had said he had found a bear trapper on Craigslist. They had him, uh, the bear was on lockdown, 800-pound bear, all this stuff. Well, Last week, I replayed it because I was just marveled by the fact that it was an unbelievable, maybe an unbelievable, crazy town type of a thing. And yet, I was led to believe that this is indeed the case. Am I not on? Hold on a goddamn minute. Now I have to go look for myself. It, it, it appears he's live on Facebook. All right. I mean, am, am I not live on Outdoor Cooking Channel? Let me look. Let's pull it up. I'm absolutely, yeah, the color's off on that. Hold on a sec. Hold on. Let me Shout out to DT. DT. What up, Trat? I thought he was a... Wow, that's crazy. Where am I even streaming to right now? Uh, I mean, you won't believe it, but I actually have the same shirt on. That's crazy. How am I not streaming to the same place I should be streaming to? Well, let me start and restop. Out there, cooking channel. We'll stop that. Got a minute 36 left. I'll restart. You are now streaming to the Barbecue Central show. All right. All right. Plus, I have way more hair and no beard. Anyway, here's the problem. Let me let me digress back to the story. Is the bear story for real? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It seems that I have from a reliable source, and rule number one of the show, no names, please. Okay? So we'll start there. No names, please. That cooked with Chad, cooked with with Whiskey Bent at the World Food Championships, and told me under no uncertain terms that indeed they did not have a bear on lockdown. Andrew... You are not the fuck. 
Unbelievable! Get that big stuff out of here. Not only not confirmed that it was not real. Oh, oh Lord. This is what happens. You dig and you dig and you dig and then you find out the truth to the story and it's ruined. I still want to believe that story is true no matter how much. No matter how much I know now that it's not true, I want to believe that it's true. I don't know what the hell is going on over at Outdoor Cooking Channel. Go on Facebook. uh, Get the live uh, audio feed over. Tune in. I don't know what's going on. It's weird. All right, gang, if you're like me, you're trying to think of ways to step up the barbecue and grilling game. No better or easier way to do that than by heading on over to Butcher Barbecue and adding a little bit of that to your arsenal. What are you going to add, you say? Well, very easy. Let me tell you about it. Injections, of course. The pork, the beef, the prime injection, which is also beef. The open pit flavored for pork. So good. Look, that prime injection, let me tell you something about it. It has combined all the things from their beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer to keep your uh, brisket juicy. And they've combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor. Available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Now, perhaps you're looking for go-to rubs or sauces. No problem there, I can tell you that. They have the old standby rubs that you've come to know and love, the steak and brisket rub, the honey rub, which I'm a huge fan of. We all know that. But the new flavors are there as well. Come on. you got to check them out. Chipotle, cherry, pecan, the triple secret blend rub from Dave's. Six new, the six total rubs, their sauces, all the good stuff. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? you got to get over to ButcherBBQ.com and check it all out. And, of course, if you want the sauce, they have the sauce as well. Butcher's Barbecue Sweet Barbecue Sauce wins in every category. For me, it's not overly sweet. It's got a nice slice of tang. Just the right amount of back-end heat. And no palatable liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce. Didn't take the easy way out, like many others do when they add that liquid smoke to the bottle grab a box of six it's gonna go quick trust me on that here's what you gotta do you head on over to butcherbbq.com that's butcherbbq.com and stock up butcher barbecue always trust your butcher i did a show last week with dave Bosca for meatheads podcast that i do and we once again uh, reconvened on horse meat yeah i said it horse meat All right, we're back with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, right after this. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. Stick around. Be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers 
of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a really big one, because maybe you like to eat a lot of food, big family, whatever it is, they got one for you. Medium size, got you covered there too. Something small for tailgate season, no problem. All covered. Large, medium, and or otherwise. Also, pellets to fire those cookers. You visit them at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. All right, stand by. Let me see if I got my all my shit together here. New Tower of Power here making its debut, by the way. It's very exciting. All right, stick around for this. If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. All right, there he is, Ray Lampy, joining us here on the show. Hey, Ray, how are you? I'm good. Up stuff. Absolutely fabulous. All right, I got to immediately make an adjustment here because I didn't know what Ray we were getting, live Ray or uh, in-office Ray. So let me make sure we got you all set here. All right, so uh, is that going to work? Oh, for the love of Pete. We can't not have you up here. Hold on. One second. I look the same as always. It's yeah, okay. of course you do. So, uh, Ray, let's talk um, quickly because, uh, you know, you are uh, either by – sometimes the benefit or sometimes the detriment, the first guy that leads off every month. Can you believe we're in December already? Uh, no. <laughs> How did that year go by? Oh, my God. But it's all right. December's a fun month. I don't have a whole lot to do, and the weather's beautiful in Florida, so it's all right. You uh, Would you suggest people come down and take in the standard fare uh, if uh, people are so inclined? No, stay up north. That's right. Everybody stay out of here. There's a lot of people that don't live around there. Would you say that Florida has become like the new L.A. or Orange County where like nobody from Orange County actually is from there? It's pretty much like transplant central. I mean, Florida's weird because when you get by the coast, it's completely different than away from the coast. You know, I mean, we're kind of by the water, so we see it. Um, Sandy's actually a native, but they're few and far between. But you get out in the middle of the state, man, it's just like being in Georgia, you know. Nobody's moving to, uh, you know, some of the winter haven and places like that. Those are more uh, towny-esque, if you will, winter haven. Imperial Polk County, all natives. Yeah, uh, natives, or I would say, as I offend, uh, rednecks. Whatever. Yeah, nobody's moving. There. That's right. Nobody's vacationing. <laughs> Uh, that's right. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. DRBBQ.com, his website, askdrbbq.com if you have a question you'd like us to answer in an upcoming segment. Uh, Ray, obviously Christmas and, and or holidays coming up here towards the end of the month, depending on whatever you celebrate. Um, from a pitmaster's point of view, whether you're somebody that is kind of just getting into live fire cooking or if you're intermediate, hell, all the way up to expert level, are there things that because you're Dr. Barbecue, and people are probably asking this all the time, regardless of if it's almost Christmas or not, birthdays and so forth. What are some of the essential things that you like to make sure that you have by your side or that you tell people, hey, if you're going to get into this madness, here are some things I really suggest you get? You mean just in general cooking? Yeah, just in general. Well, I'm not much of a gadget guy, I really. So I, I, you know, I don't really – and you certainly shouldn't start out with a bunch of gadgets. You should learn how to, you know, get – Buy, we all a lot of everybody I know started with a thirty five dollar Brinkman. Let's you know buy one of those or, 
or have somebody cut a drum in half for you or something. Learn how to cook a little bit. So I, I'm not much of a gadget guy. I, I think you should just get started. I, I see so many guys, they spend more time devising a plan and buying equipment and you know before they even cook anything. Hell, start cooking. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. So once you've gotten your cooking chops and you really start to kind of forge ahead into the grilling and the barbecue situation. There's obviously tools out there that can make you efficient, make you safe, uh, keep you safe, depending on what you're doing. What do you like to have staple-wise uh, at your side for the barbecue and grilling guys once they've committed it? I feel like a, a politician that just dodged the question. <laughs> you asked it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, the Thermometers just... are really important. I think a thermopen is a really important thing to have. Uh, um, or whatever to hide. There's other high quality ones. Um, it, it's it's a really good place to start. I use one of those, the one uh, th- the thermopen thing that's got the cord on it. That uh, what do they call that thing, the chef alarm or something. Yep. Uh, that thing's real nice. You know, I mean, thermometers are really good. It's gonna it's gonna help you. I, I'm a big proponent of getting the food done right. I think that's the most important thing you can do. There's lots of good seasonings. Uh, hell, salt and pepper is good seasoning. You know, uh, you can use a little bit of wood. I don't care what kind of wood you use. If you get the stuff cooked right, it's going to be good. So I think that's probably the most important thing. Uh, Ray, when you know when you talk about gadgets, and as you said, you, you, and you're really kind of in the minority. Typically, barbecue guy Definitely. is by by almost innate ability gadget guy, and by the end of it, that fifteen thousand dollar pit they might have bought is dwarfed in comparison with the amount of money they've spent on all the other crap that you can get, all the accessories and, as you said, thermometers and and whatnot to make life easier. So do you think people, when they're getting into it, get lost in having to have all the crap before they get to cook? And and what do you think the best way, aside from just getting out there and do it, I mean, do you want to take a class? Do you want to contact somebody like yourself or or get some of your online courses and kind of learn that way? When you talk about learning how to cook first, uh, I mean, I guess, what are the first steps to learning how to cook first if you don't know how to do it? You know, I don't know. And we're just talking about cooking barbecue. No, heck no. Watch a couple of videos, buy some charcoal, buy a buy a piece of meat and get cooking. You know, it's not, if you're going to do a competition, that's a different thing. It's become, I actually cooked one a couple of weeks ago. I cooked in Plant City and you talk about gadgets. I mean, it's amazing what guys have. Nobody just shows up with a cooker and, and a cooler of beer anymore. You know, it's amazing. Um, I, you know, if you're going to do competitions, it's very specific what you need to turn in these days. So I think the classes are priceless. Um, I think you should cook a little bit beforehand, though. You know, wreck a couple briskets, man. You know, look at the brisket. Try to slice one. You know, you can watch all the videos in the world. If you've never sliced a brisket, it's not going to help you watching Aaron Franklin do it a 100 times. Um, You know, I I don't think. Anyway, I think, you know, get yourself. I always tell guys, cook 30 and call me, and then we'll start talking about it. It takes experience. It's just a... Uh, I don't know. We want to turn it into, I call it the, the current wave of competition guys, technicians, because yep. they're so good at what they do, um, but they do it one way and they very, you know, they maybe add a little bit extra of this sauce and a little less of that one, but they they have the formula down and they cook everything almost perfect every time. There's, there's no errors made. Um, so I guess it's okay, but I, I prefer to just kind of wing it and kind of feel it and touch it and, you know, cook a crummy piece of meat sometimes, cook a good one. Uh, 
I, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I think you should enjoy it instead of trying to make it into a science project. So let's go ahead and transition off of that and, and go into uh, the plant city that you talked about a couple weeks ago because I did have that on my uh, topic list that I want to talk to you about. So, you know, and, and you've said on this show, as you just said a couple minutes ago, it's uh, technicians that are out there now. It's not like it used to be back when it started in the early mid 80s or, or whatever it was. But like everything, things evolve. And so from how it was back then to what it was like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. And I think, didn't you finish third in this event or, or something similar uh, last year? I mean, you had a really uh, top-tier finish last year. Um, but when you're not in it and you're not doing it 20 and 30 times during the course of a year, when you go to this event, are you like, hey, I just want to have some fun and see what happens? Or, I mean, are you still like, I'm going to win and this is what I'm going to do to accomplish that? Uh, well, you know, you go with the hope of winning. It's just I'm so out of touch with it. I actually haven't cooked one in three years. Um, so I'm so out of touch that my expectations weren't very high. You hope to, you hope that lightning's going to strike or you hope to not embarrass yourself. We ended up 15th and got fourth place in pork and got 12th in ribs. And all of our scores were eights and nines. So I just think that's a real problem with everything. If the first through 12th, Nobody got a seven. It's a two-point scoring system. I mean, might as well flip a coin. Uh, but we did pretty well. It, it, it's so different, though. The guys are so prepared. We used to, it, you know, I was talking to somebody about it. You know, the rule that says your pork butt must weigh four pounds or about four pounds or five or whatever it is. That was because guys would roll into town and go to the local supermarket and buy a pork butt. And they didn't always have a whole butt. They would have them typical, you know, supermarket cuts that were like four or five pounds. So that's why they made the rule that it had to be five pounds. I mean, in the real world, it should say it has to be eight pounds. That's how much a, a good-sized pork butt weighs. So it, it's just so different now. Everybody comes so prepared. I mean, literally, I was with Fast Eddie years ago. We were, I don't, God knows where we even were think Decatur, Alabama, and I stopped him at the grocery store and he went in and bought a pork butt. He bought all, I think he had brought a brisket with him and he went in and bought his, and maybe his ribs, went and bought a butt and chicken at some supermarket in Decatur and cooked that. I mean, didn't think anything of it because it just was so different then. Now everybody's so prepared. Their meat's all trimmed. Nobody really does any work. Nobody's there going, hey, I wonder maybe I should do this or maybe I should do that today. They come with a complete focus and, and, a plan laid out and all the tools to do it right. And it's great. I'm not against it. Um, but I mean, that's certainly the difference. And, and there's way less partying. It seems that the, the Jambo guys all want to talk about how they get so much sleep. Well, yeah, they get their sleep between 10 at night and four in the morning. I, you know, I, to me, we, I don't, I, I would never want to do that. That just doesn't sound like fun to me. Nobody's drinking at 10 o'clock at night anymore. They're all asleep. Uh, simply because, or does it stand to reason because there is so much more money invested to get to a competition than it was back in the old days, as we say? I guess, but, you know, but come on, Greg, these are just hobbyists, you know? Yeah, these guys, you look around and there's plenty of guys out there that have got $100,000 and, and more invested, and almost nobody doesn't have twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 invested in their equipment. They're not making money. Okay, a handful of guys make money. If you're Darren Worth, you're in, you're making money. But everybody else is spending money. It's just like fishing or boating or 
or golf. It's a hobby you guys spend money on. So I don't, I don't really think it's the money as much as just the, uh, we're guys. That's just how our brains work. You know what I mean? You want to turn it into a science project and you want it to be perfect every time. And, and they take it a lot more serious, but I just don't really think it's about the money. I think these are guys that were probably buying expensive fishing equipment 10 years ago and, and now they're doing this. I, I, I just think it's just the way, the evolution of it. it it's good. It's okay. Um, but I really don't think the money is that big of a factor because if it was, nobody would do it because nobody's making money. You know, how many guys are going to really make money this year? Five? And, maybe. And, maybe. And 500 are going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show for the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Uh, Ray, one last question before we uh, go to the Facebook questions here, and that would be, like, do you ever fancy yourself to get back out there, let's say, next year and dump off 20 contests just to see what it's like? <laughs> no. No, I think I will probably go back. Plant City was really nice to us. It's a nice spot there. Uh, I, I, and it's right by the house, so I'm probably going to do that once a year. It's probably my expectation now. Um, I mean, I, you know, I think about it, it, it certainly looks like fun, uh, because if you, you know, with the big motorhomes and stuff, it's kind of fun. It's like, uh, oh, it's just a, a, a life at this point. It's no longer a, something you run out there and sleep in the parking lot anymore. Um, but yeah, I don't see it happening for me. I, you know, it, it's a big commitment and I just don't see myself doing it. Do you think that the steak cooking association situation is more like KCBS was back in the eighties where you can go up, you set under a, a, a pop tent if you want to just show up 10 minutes before boom you're in there uh the whole thing takes a handful of hours and then boom you're out of there uh time wise and effort wise yeah for sure uh although it wasn't like it was easy we still you know it was actually it was harder then because sure. i would load all my stuff on my little trailer and have to unload it all um my disappointment with the steak cooking thing is we've immediately found a standard you know everybody now has to be, have grill grates they put the hatch marks on they all there's is already a standard. They're probably all using the same seasonings and or whatever they're doing, and and that's too bad. I, I you know I'd like to see guys winging it. I I think you should be able to use whatever kind of steak you want. Let's try that instead of thirty ribeyes that are all cooked exactly the same and and seasoned the same. So it it just I, I it disappoints me that they had that happen so fast. Uh, all right, Ray. Let's go to Facebook, and uh, you can answer some of these questions that folks have left for you. The first one is: I haven't from... seen them this this week. Usually, oh. I check them. I, right. I didn't have time to check. We're them. going off the cuff then for you. Uh, this one is from Steve Ray, and he said, "What's the worst injury to Doctor Barbecue? I'm sorry. What is the worst injury Doctor Barbecue has ever seen from someone barbecuing at home or in competition?" And he's asking because he slipped and fell out of his cook's trailer this summer and tore up his knee pretty good. What's the worst injury you've seen at competition or heard about? Uh, famous Dave, man. His leg is still screwed up from oh. when he fell off his trailer on that Food Network show. Right. Dave, is, Dave is really, I mean, it's affected his life. It's really hurt him bad. But I'll, I'll give you my personal one. I, I was sharpening my knife, and somebody walked in my trailer, and I looked up, and I sliced my finger right here really bad. It started bleeding like... You know, when the blood is coming out and like looks like real blood, not just that fake yeah. blood. So I had to go. To, my favorite story: we were in Albuquerque, uh, in Rio Rancho, in New Mexico, and I had to go to the the doctor place. And I go in, and the doctor, I'm sitting in there in the room waiting for the doctor to come and stitch me up. And he walks in, and he's got one arm. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm telling you, there's no arm on really? the one side. 
<laughs> it was hard to keep a straight face. The guy stitched me up with one hand. He's like the Greg Abbott of stitchers. I was amazed. It really, it really was impressive. Wow. He could put a rubber glove on with his one hand on like he used a faucet. It was the weirdest thing. He'd pick up a glove and somehow he could put it on using the edge of the faucet. So that was my best uh, barbecue injury. Uh, you, but you didn't cut your finger off, thank goodness. No, luckily. I have, a, I have a scar, but I was okay. All right. Uh, next question is from Doug Scheiding, and he's asking, hey, uh, as we all are wondering how the, the restaurant thing is progressing, how does Ray decide on a menu and recipes for the new restaurant? Is that all you? Is that a collaborative between you and the ownership group? How does that work? Yeah, I get the last say, but, but you know, it's it's uh, you have to – how do you do it? You start out with – way too many recipes. I just tried to trim it down the other day. I had, a, I had an original list and I, I tried to trim it down the other day because you got to be realistic about it. Think about when we went to Mabel's, there's not much on that menu at all. I mean, yeah. uh, it was maybe a half a dozen meats and, and a half a dozen sides and that was about it. There wasn't a couple sandwiches. I mean, there wasn't a lot on that menu and, uh, and that's probably smart for a barbecue restaurant. So I'm trying to whittle it down, but it's really tough because you've got you got to have ribs, you got to have brisket, you got to have pork shoulder, which they didn't have at Michael Simon's, if you remember. No pork shoulder on that menu. Right. Um, you you got to have chicken of some sort. I really like turkey. You want to have a sausage. That's six things already. Yep. Um, you know, it, so it's really a tough thing to do. Uh, the the everyone will have some input. There's good restaurant people. We're we're we're, we're planning on hiring a guy to run the pits that we have our eye on. That's going to be a really high-profile guy that knows how to run a, a barbecue pit. Uh, he'll have some input as well. As far as the recipes, same thing. It's also you got to take in. It's a restaurant. You got to take into factor cost. You know, you can't just. Much as I'd like to cook those Wagyu Snake River Farms briskets, um, it's going to be hard to do that in a restaurant. I'm not saying we won't. We're gonna. We'll see when it comes to it. But there's just so many factors. It's it's very much of a puzzle. Uh, Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Do you think Ray that you know, I've been to a number of restaurants where you get the menu and it does seem like a small novel. And I'm thinking as far as cost of doing business and overhead and how much of that stuff is actually going bad before you get to cook it and actually make some money back on it. Uh, to me, it seems absolutely smart, regardless of whatever niche you're serving, to keep it kind of uh, succinct and showcasing what you do best so you can make the money. I mean, that's what you're going into business for. You're not going in to get a bigger name or get any more adulation you want to make money yeah absolutely and it's i mean it, in a barbecue restaurant it's tricky too in a, a regular restaurant if we only sell two pieces of chicken breast today that i sauteed in a pan at the last minute we wasted zero barbecue restaurant if we want to cook fresh barbecue every day i mean yeah you can put brisket in the chili and, and make a chopped chicken sandwich for lunch the next day but you can only do so much of that you don't want to you don't want to you know, overdo that. You want to somehow gauge what is the right amount of, of barbecue to cook every morning. So it's a lot trickier because we got to we got to decide today what how much food we're going to serve tomorrow night. And and you don't want to end up with a bunch of waste. But you know, this running out is a bunch of nonsense too. I'm not a fan of that. Um, I, it, it makes for a nice story, but you know how much money you make when you're out of brisket? Zero money. Zero money. That's right, no doubt. Uh, Ray Lampy, speechifying when it comes to math and business. And you can find him here the first Tuesday of each and every month. And the next month, it will be a brand new year of 2017. Ray, have a great holiday, and we'll talk to you in January, my friend. 
Hey, I got. I want to tell you, I got Ted Reader coming to my house for Christmas dinner. So what? Shout out to Teddy. Can't wait to have him. Oh my God. Well, I would like to say you're going to remember this Christmas, but I think we both know that that's not going to happen. So uh, I tell, got a lot of whiskey, man. Tell him. We'll put a dent in it. Tell him I said hi, and we're going to be talking soon. All right. See you guys. All right. Thanks, Ray. Ray Lampy, Doctor Barbecue, right there. I mean, no doubt. Can you imagine the likes of uh, Ray Lampy and Ted Reader? Getting together for a Christmas dinner. Holy moly. Get me a plane ticket right now. Gotta have that. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. Gang, pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes, right? Absolutely. Okay, let me see here. Ah, see, it didn't transfer over. All right, we're finding out bugs here and there. Stay with me. Uh, the pit, uh, sorry, pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve wracking. Fire management, what woods to use and buy, who needs the hassle? I suggest the pit barrel cooker to get you over the hump. Pit barrel makes a simple and fun cooker. It might be the most unique and versatile cooker on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that turns out great traditional barbecue meats like briskets, pork shoulders, and ribs while also being able to ramp up in temperature. To do those burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. Versatility all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook and hang method places the food right in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie, if you will. The result, great tasting, perfectly cooked meat each and every time. In the industry, we call it consistency. Now, the pit barrel is a fabulous cooking vessel. No one can argue that. It's aesthetically sexy as well. can withstand heat. And thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel is able to withstand any type of weather. Also, extremely portable. Fits in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs, ready to go wherever you are. Of course, we just talked about with Ray Barbecue folks, love the accessories. Pit Barrel doesn't uh, doesn't disappoint here either. Rubs, yes. Unique removable ash pan, yes. Pit grips, yes. Turkey hangers, yes. Hinge grill grates. And the list goes on to include the brand new, made for the shape of the Pit Barrel charcoal chimney, for crying out loud. Come on. Get on board, folks. The Pit Barrel experience is now complete. The best part for $299. Pit Barrel is coming fully assembled. You don't have to turn any wing nuts, get out the wrench set, or the ratchet. Ships free right to your door. Not only does a cooker ship free, but with so few returns on everything else, all that they sell at pitbarrelcooker.com ships for free. To the lower 48 continental states each and every day. No promo code or coupon needed. Don't take my word for it. Read the glowing reviews at AmazingRibs.com. Head on over to PitBarrelCooker.com. That's PitBarrelCooker.com. See what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos. Then pick up one or two or seven for yourself. You can get seven Pit Barrel Cookers for $2,100. That's cheap. You'll thank me later. Trust me. If you have any questions, call them, 502-228-1222. And yes, they'll actually talk to you, real human beings that really care. PitBarrelCooker.com. We're back with Justin McGlawn, winner of King of the Smoker, right after this. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 
This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets to fire all of your pellet-driven cookers. No voiding of warranties, no weird flavor oils, nothing like that. Just wood, compressed wood pellets. You can buy them at CookinPellets.com. You can also buy them at Amazon.com. You ever heard of Amazon? Yeah. It's catching on, I think. All right, let me make sure I got the... There we go. Oh, come on, man. There we go. All right. Hey, let me tell you something. Out of uh, however many competitions that there are to win in a competition season, or as we call it, a calendar year, this just might be the one, if you get the invite, to want to win. Stack it up against the American Royal Invitational, the Jack Daniels, all that good stuff. Let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome this year's grand champion of King of the Smokers and friend of the show, Justin McGlone, joining me. Justin, how are you, buddy? Good. How are you doing, Greg? Absolutely fabulous, Justin. And, uh, you know, first and foremost, congratulations on the big win and you know, as you look back over this past weekend, you know, just from a high level, we like to do this every time you're on the show uh, talking about a win. Uh, what do you think of this event? I mean, you've been to a number of high-level events. You've won a number of high-level events at very good seasons uh, year in, year out. Uh, how do you think this one, from an event being really young in the grand scheme of how old the event is, uh, what, do you, what are your personal feelings about this event and, and how it's put on all that good stuff? Uh, this event is uh, kind of like no other you go to. You know, the one is meat provided, which, you know, it's an interesting twist, but it's held at um, a beautiful resort. Uh, the Westin, they, they, they really kicked it out of the park this year. Um, but the whole premise behind it, how close you are to everyone, and, you know, you, the whole time you're cooking, you're, you're just, you're flipping each other's shit, and, you know, you're having a good time, and, you know, it's, uh, everyone always jokes. It's like a Shigger's dream because you can kind of, you can see what everyone else is doing. And, you know, it's it just the, the level of teams there w- were really extraordinary this year. I mean, it was crazy. Um, we were just happy to walk away this year with a win. From a logistics standpoint, uh, I'm sure you've been to some events that don't seem to run really well, or you're always wanting for something, but imagine quite the opposite, uh, with this, you have a nice palatial setting, then as far as what's happening as you're cooking, uh, everything's being provided. Um, there, there's really nothing from a wanting standpoint from the cook's perspective. Oh yeah. I mean, everything's provided. If you need some, uh, the staff there for through BPS and, uh, they're, they were just amazing. You know, you needed ice, they'd cart some over for you, uh, charcoal, anything like that. You know, you almost felt bad because, uh, you're used to doing that all yourself. Um, you know, your, your easy ups are set up for you. Um, you're trying to help with what you can. You move your tables around and smokers and everything, but it's just you're not used to that type of treatment. And uh, I think that's where it goes up and beyond of uh, any other contest I've ever been to. Justin McGlone from Lucky's Q joining me here on the show talking about the big win this past weekend at King of the Smokers. Um, all right, so you know from a logistics, another logistics standpoint, getting there, it seemed to be a little bit of a, a pain in the ass, does it? Uh, unnerve you at all when you're trying to get out of wherever the hell you were you're getting bad information from a guy that thinks he knows about the airline industry and trying to make you feel better (laughs) you know uh, do you feel like you're off the game plan right off the bat or is it just kind of this is what happens and once we get there we'll settle in business as usual 
Well, we weren't too worried about it. You know, we wanted to get there early and just kind of hang around and relax and uh, have not much to do on Thursday. But, you know, we got stranded in Des Moines, uh, which, you know, not a big deal. Just had an overnight there and we made the best of it. And we got out early the next morning and uh, got delayed in um, Dallas. But we, we ran into some really great teams down there, Scott Key and and uh, Four Legs Up and all those guys. And we ended up having a shot at the bar at four o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning you know <laughs> nothing like to start a trip right so it went on it was good from then on so you know we're pretty fortunate uh talk to me about the cook how does it run for you you know obviously you guys are really comfortable in whatever program you're running at this point especially at the end of the year and you've done a number of competitions this year uh, do you get uh a little more ramped up for this kind of a competition considering the 23 other teams that are there and their level or that doesn't really matter I was pretty relaxed, you know, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a little different because, you know, I, I, there's no electronics, you know, I run a guru on my stumps. And, uh, so this year I decided to just cook on four cans and, uh, had one gateway and then three BPS drums I borrowed from Sterling. And, uh, you know, those, those can guys are crazy. That's all I got to say, man. I, I was so busy running four of those. Normally it's only like running one or two or something like that. But I was honestly, I, I, it was crazy. I was so busy. Um, I've never experienced four of them at one time. That's all I got to say. Uh, were you cooking a lot hotter than you normally would, or is it just, you know, running back and forth between the, the sheer mass or number of them? Well, yeah, I was actually cooking, I was cooking 300, you know, 275, 300, you know, a couple of times. So I was cooking a lot higher than I wanted to. And, you know, you just got to adapt and roll with it. But yeah, it's it just, you're constantly, if you look away and you're getting busy doing something else and one runs away on you, if you just open the lid, you know, you got to try to get that cooled down and, you know, get it back to where, you know, it's supposed to be without trying to burn anything or you don't get anything too hot. But, you know, it, it just kind of, they all level out the whole time, you know, and uh, eventually everything works out in the end, I guess. Justin McGlone joining me here from the show, Pitmaster of Lucky's Q. Uh, talk to me about your turn-ins. Uh, pretty satisfied with those i mean you, you finished very well in a, in a number of the categories just wondering what your thoughts are as you kind of you know taste them with uh, katie before you run them on over there oh we uh you know we cook two whole chickens or you get two whole chickens for this contest so you know it's so chicken is really the one that you know i practiced numerous times before we went down there and that was the one i was kind of worried about and uh we were you know we were happy with the turn and did a few different things you know uh, ribs, we've been hanging them all year. The, we had, we got some really good Smithfield ribs this time. Um, we've been cooking Smithfield all year, so we were comfortable with them. Those turned out good. Um, the pork, we've been cooking the Smithfield primes, exactly the ones we got in the box this year. And we got a couple really good ones with, uh, some nice money muscles on it. So, you know, that, that turned out well, we filled the box up nice and, you know, thick. And then of course the Snake River Farms brisket, ours was, I, I loved it, you know, the only thing I was a little concerned with that, you know, you got that um, desert air whenever you're outside like that. You're trying to prep the box and everything's drying out on you, constantly drying out on you. You can put all the jus on it you want, and it just keeps the, the moisture just evaporating so quick. And, uh, you know, it's a point in time where you just close the box and turn it in. So, you know, all in all, I was more worried about my brisket and chicken than anything. You know, I thought the other two were solid. It's just a matter of, you know, what tables you hit. So we were happy. Once you get two awards and you start getting through the individual categories and then you start going to overall, once you get through reserve grand champion, 
What's the mindset waiting to hear who wins it? Is does it creep in at all that you're, or do you think, hey, you know, there's a percentage of me that thinks that we're going to be the next name called, or uh, is it just tough because of the field that's there and the amount of talent that's there to think that you know you're gonna you're gonna have the shot? I imagine everybody's kind of counting points and numbers and where everybody's placing too. Yeah, it was it was it was weird because you're going through the calls and then some of the higher overall calls there was a uh, you know Joe Bob's and they got fourth or fifth overall. And he had zero calls. So, you know, you're thinking, okay, you know, anything can happen. And we had two calls and um, Myron sitting up ahead of us and he had three calls and he hadn't been called yet either when it, you know, they're calling, getting ready to call grand. So we thought we had a chance. I had Darren prodding me in my back, you know, oh, you got it, you got it, you know, type thing. And it was, it was pretty fun awards, you know, Sterling keeps it light. And uh, it was, uh, it was one of the more enjoyable awards I've been to in a long time. Has nothing to do with the fact, of course, that you won, right? I mean, that always makes it a little <laughs> bit course. more enjoyable, sure. Of course. Um, from a, an interactions standpoint, I think one of the unique things that King of the Smoker does, aside from the huge charitable work with Casey Lee Ball Foundation Operation Barbecue, is the fact that it kind of invites the crowds in and invites foot traffic to get some of these like micro classes from the pitmasters. What do you think about offering that up to the public, and do you think that that is something that might be able to be broadcast out in, in a greater way to some of these other competitions to really foster and continue the the growth and the interest in the sport? I, I like it. You know, um, obviously the the public liked it. I mean, some of those classes had pretty good crowds around it. I mean, I did a brisket training class that had a lot around it, and I think that's good for the public you know they always want to come out they want to try the food they want to they want to get something from us you know and i i have no problem with it giving back you know and i even gave them some brisket samples i had left over from turnings you know just so people could see you know i'm talking about what i could do do but they could taste it too you know and it, it you i got really positive feedback and it was uh it was a good thing you know and i think uh in the future if you, some of these contests want to grow and you know keep the the prize money there where everyone wants it, you know, it'd be a good thing. Do you think that competition barbecue has to reach the plateau? Obviously everybody doesn't have toy haulers and 50 foot motor homes and all this other stuff, but I would say, you know, by and large people aren't necessarily just kind of out there. And I understand too, that a lot of events aren't necessarily ones that are just kind of open to the public, but for the ones that are, or have that opportunity, do you think that you've reached a precipice where you can't really kind of turn it back and allow openness that has become so commonplace for everybody to kind of hide away a little bit. And as Ray Lampy said just last segment, everybody's in bed by 10. Nobody's kind of throwing down part and anything like that. Have you reached a point now where you can't kind of turn it back and let the crowds in? Well, as far as partying, you're not around us Iowa guys too much. <laughs> we stay up plenty late and uh, still do it, right? But uh, as, as far as that aspect of uh, openness, you know, even if they had a centralized area where someone could go to, I mean, it would work. I mean, everyone's in their, everyone's in their trailers just for comfort. You know, us in Iowa, you know, you get snow, sleet, rain, you get every condition, you know, throughout the season for, you know, heat is the biggest one and it's just for comfort, you know? So I think it could work. I mean, if the promoters uh, presented it right, I would be in, interested in doing it, you know, giving, doing a little class like that or something to get some public draw. Um, as far as people's choice goes, the same thing, you know, just get some people to be able to taste our food and to, to get an idea of what we do. And, you know, 
to promote these contests and keep them going because there's too many of them dropping anymore. Do you think that when you get the invite, you immediately go to, I want to finish 24th versus I want to win this thing? Is there a lot of that talk and scuttlebutt around the pitmasters? I think it's kind of a joke, you know. Uh, a joke for real. Kind of a, <laughs> yeah. It's always kind of a joke, you know, They everyone always kind of talks about. But, you know, to get invited to this contest is just, it's a, you went, you won right there. I mean, you've had a great season. I mean, you're, you're recognized in 24 best in the country. And, you know, to be able to go out there and compete and, you know, the, the weather's perfect. And I mean, everything about the contest is great. And I, I think if you finish last, I would have been happy with last too. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. It's just one of those things that you go out there and compete your best and you do your best and you already know you're already successful throughout the year. So it doesn't really matter what happens out there. Of course, the best part of winning it, I mean, 24th, finishing 24th would be great as you say, but winning it is great because now you guarantee going back to defend the title 2017. So that's plus one. Um, Oh yeah. Would you, oh, I mean it's so tough because you never know who's going to be showing up next year. But um, what do you, what would it mean looking way ahead to be able to repeat King of the Smokers? That's something that almost seems potentially unattainable because of uh, the caliber that's always there each and every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We uh, we went out there with the premise this year, just getting one call. This is our third year there. We hadn't had a call the previous two years we were there, you know, and it, it's just in that field when you call top five, I mean, that is quite something. And so for us to win it once, I'm, I'm pleasantly happy with that, but you know, you always go to a contest wanting to win. So, you know, if, you know, we go back, we're going to look to win. So that's simple as that. Looking ahead to 2017, have you guys started to kind of sketch out some type of an outline of how many competitions you want to get in? Yeah, we've uh, we I started looking a little bit here and there. Um, I'm gonna go down and do the Sunnies in uh, January again in Florida, and uh, a few here and there. I know some are getting canceled around, and uh, Mesquite's canceling, and a few other ones that I normally travel to. Um, our normal ones around the area will always go to our favorites. Um, but yeah, it kind of like going into this year. You know, we didn't plan on doing 24 contests or whatever we did. Um, we really kind of just played it by how we did you know we kept we started doing good so it's the time to cook more you know if we don't do as well next year we might only cook 15 or 20 you know maybe 12 i don't know it kind of depends how the year goes but yeah there's uh there's a couple on the radar i might go down south a little bit more travel a little bit but other than that i can just kind of stay at home for the most part do you see any type of noticeable flavor fro pot uh flavor profile change or, or anything uh, like prediction for 2017 from uh, Lucky's Q and anything that you see kind of changing or that's going to revolutionize competition barbecue this upcoming season? Um, I think a lot of teams are going, they're having more success, success with them going simpler. I mean, we have, I mean, we've, we used to be the three, four or five different sauces mixed together. And now we just go to like one or two sauces. Um, a couple rubs and just cook the meat right. And so I, that's what, I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but I think uh, the simpler flavors are, are doing better. And um, we've, we've had success doing it and uh, just cooking, concentrating on the meat and not worrying about all the other stuff you put into it. He is Justin McGlawn, and the team is Lucky's Q. They are your new King of the Smoker champion for 2016. Justin, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on.
Thanks, Greg. You got it. That's Justin McGlaw, the king of the smokers. How about that? Of course. Love catching up with Justin. Great guy. He was uh, one of the growing few that I've met in person. Him and his wife, Kate, at the Kingsford Invitational. Great, majestic setting for that one. That's a new Kingsford product that I've been wanting to talk about for like the last couple weeks, and I just haven't gotten to it. Hey, the timing is fortuitous. Let me talk to you about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue featuring a comprehensive selection of all American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a drum kit. They get you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself in recent years by making an award-winning line of championship rubs that have won almost every major competition barbecue event. BPS also banded together with fellow fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two unique competitions. The one last weekend, King of the Smoker, which brings the best of the best in barbecue head-to-head in a back-to-basics competition unique because you can't use electric devices such as pellet cookers or pit miners. You can only use charcoal, wood, and your God-given wits to win one of the most high-stakes barbecue competitions around And then, on the other side of it, you have the Guinea Pig, a cost-controlled event that helps bring in newcomers to the competitive barbecue world. Also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category, which provides incentive to get new competitors into the world of barbecue and keep the vets as well. It's not just a beginner's competition. Don't be fooled. Top of all that, Big Papa's has created the unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition, barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, Big Papa's has been able to do all of this within only six years of being in business. Limited time. Limited. Turning the competition barbecue world on its head, creating their own unique competitions, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and... Benefiting children's charities across the U.S. The website, BigPapaSmokers.com. The other website, KingOfTheSmokers.com. Uh, but BigPapaSmokers.com, that's BigPapaSmokers.com. Sign up for their email and the newsletter, all that good stuff, so you can keep right up to date on any specials. They're always doing some kind of a marketing thing. It's great. You're going to love it. All right, we're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey. Hmm. Well, there's a phone call coming in. I don't know if I want to take it. All right, we're throwing caution to the wind. Don't usually take phone calls during the show, but that's all right. Area code 812. Name and where you're calling. Uh, from Marlin, India. What can I do for you, buddy? Well, I'll see if I can win at the top of the second hour. Oh, all right. 
Do you mind waiting like three or four minutes? Sure. I'm sorry. What was your name again? Joe. Joe. All right. Yep. Joe, I'm going to place you on. I'm going to. I'm going to place you on a brief hold. Okay. Actually, I'm just going to turn your level down. That way, nobody can hear you. Sing all you want, Joe. Go ahead, sing. See, nobody can hear. All right, Joe is on deck for a fireboard coming up at the top of the second hour. That's going to be exciting. As a matter of fact, oh, now everybody's calling in, right? Yeah, everybody wants a fireboard. I get it. Uh, I'm going to get right out of that one. Where's my recent... Yeah. Where is it? Here we go. All right, Joe. You stay tuned. I just found my list for porn star athlete. You know what I always say? This is like the double-edged sword of a porn star and athlete. You know your porn stars. Guess what, perv? Hey, it's a double-edged sword. Expose your pervasiveness. On the other hand, win a $189 fireboard. It's awesome. It's great. All right, Joe coming up. We're going to step away briefly, uh, reload for the second hour. When we come back, not only will we have Joe trying to win a fireboard, graciously donated from fireboard.com, we'll also have conversations with Brian Taylor from PK Grills and Sterling Ball of Big Pop Smokers recapping from the promotional side. He's the guy that started it all. Uh, you're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. Stick around. We'll be right back with Porn Star or Athlete. Hold on. Jenny Bell from Clarington, Ohio, and I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how's it going? We have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? We ate two feet before we nursed. Oh, it's a laborious shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Who? <laughs> All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Once again, the new Tower of Power is, not to be redundant, powering the show this evening. Brought to you by Kevin Huber and the No Coast Outlaws. What? What? I just say that? Thank you, Kevin. No Coast Outlaws. Look out. And... 
I don't know if he wants me to actually do this, but uh, the legitimate business IT Outlet Inc. in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and his band of computer experts put together, uh, I guess, what some term as a monster. I don't know. It's got a big processor. It's got a lot of memory. I'm streaming to two different places right now, and I'm at uh, 49% CPU, 43% memory. Is that good? I don't know. Nothing seems to be hiccuping or, of course, I say that now. And, man, you know it's going to be over shortly. All right. Let me uh, get our stuff set here. Oh, that's just, that's loud. 414 is coming in strong, I can tell you that. All right. Everybody knows what that means. That means, folks, we're getting ready. To play porn star or athlete. That's right. Oh, my Lord. It's a fun frivolity game. And here's what you need to know. I'm going to give whoever's on the show or whoever's on the phone line. We'll call him Joe for now. And I'm going to give him an A. And he's got to say, that's a porn star or that's an athlete. If he can get three out of five correct... He wins a $189 Fireboard. Brought to you by Fireboard.com. Very excited. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, bring on Joe. Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into porn star or athlete. Well, I work construction for a living. Um, cook a lot of barbecue, and I live in Indiana. All right. Wonderful. Indiana, what's the weather like up there? It's cold. Yes, well, join the club, right? Yep. No doubt. All right, ready to play? Yeah. All right, let's play the game! Oh, my God. Very excited. It's porn star or athlete. I'm going to give you some names. You're going to tell me if it's a porn star or if it's an athlete. you got to get three out of five correct. Here we go. The first name, Joe, is Shannon Box. Shannon Box, a porn star or athlete? Porn star. Porn star. All right. Go ahead and lock you in. Shannon Box is indeed an athlete. That's all right. One down. We'll keep going. She plays soccer, believe it or not. That's worse than being a porn star where I come from. All right. Uh, next name for Joe. Lar- Lars Boom. Is Lars Boom an athlete or porn star? Athlete. All right. Lock you in on Athlete. Lars Boom is an athlete. Very good. One for one. See, you're getting the hang of it. Here we go. Next name for Joe. Oh, boy. Justin Long. Is Justin Long a porn star or athlete? Athlete. Athlete. Okay. Lock him in on athlete. Justin Long, indeed. Porn star. 
That's all right. We have one to the positive. We have two to the negative. You got to get these last few right in order to win the fireboard. Are you ready, Joe? Yeah. All right, here we go. Next name, Randy Spears. Porn star or athlete? Porn star. Porn star. Okay. I don't want to know why you're guessing that. Here we go. To get to even and push a fifth question. Randy Spears. Porn star. That's right. Look at you. Taking it right down to the proverbial end is Joe. Here we go. $189 Fireboard from Fireboard.com on the line. Joe, are you excited? Yeah. I know I am. All right. For all the marbles. Tiffany Minx. Porn star or athlete? Tiffany Minx. Athlete. Athlete. Right. Lock you in. Tiffany Minx. Porn star. Oh. Damn it. Well, now we need another caller. Joe went five and couldn't get it done. And now the question is, where are we at? Eh, three minutes. Oh, boy. All right, name and where you're calling from. Tim from Milwaukee. Tim from Milwaukee. All right, Tim, uh, we have to kind of press on here. Are you ready to play? Absolutely. All right. Let's do this. You know how to play, right? Absolutely. Joe went five and died at the end. First name, Tim. Oliver Buff. Porn star or athlete? I'm going to say athlete. All right. Lock you in. Oliver Buff. Athlete. Very good. And you are plus one. Here we go. Next name. Oops. Destiny Hooker. Porn star or athlete? Destiny Hooker. (laughs) Oof. That could go either way. Uh, That's the name of the game. We'll go porn star. All right. Lock you in. Destiny Hooker. Athlete. (laughs) Believe it or not, she's a basketball player. All right. We're one and one. Game a little harder than it seems when you're not playing. And we go to the next question. Julieta Cantalupi. Porn star or athlete? Athlete. All right. Tim in on Julieta Cantalupi. Athlete. She is indeed athlete. All right. Two to the plus, one to the negative, and you got to get one more to win the fireboard. Are you ready? Absolutely. Tell me. Is Chi-Chi LaRue a porn star or athlete? Oh, I know that name. Uh-oh. Um, probably going to get this wrong, but I'm going to say porn star. All right. 
This one gets you the fireboard, if you get it right. Or we go to the next question. Chi-Chi LaRue is a porn star. You did it. Look at this guy. All right. Well, congratulations to Tim. So here's what you do. You get on the email horn and you send me over an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And you send me your shipping info, Tim, and uh, I will get it over to the guys at Fireboard, Ted Conrad, and all those folks, and it will be sent out to you directly from them. How about that? Outstanding. All right. Tim, Thanks, th- guys. Thanks for calling in. There you go. That is uh, Tim, everybody. Yeah. Very good. All right. So, here's what I have to tell you. We thank the people at Fireboard.com for donating $189 version of their Fireboard and from everybody here at Porn Star or Athlete, we say I do. Thank you for coming in. Absolutely. Great. That's right. How about that? Uh, so, thanks. Now I can close this out. I am actually, like, networking. That was done off of the old Tower of Power, if you can believe that. Can you believe that? I'll be honest. It's a little, uh, it's a little noisy there on the connection, but that's all right. Team viewer still running in the background. Love it. Brian Taylor coming up out of the break from PK Grills, but I'm going to talk to you quickly about the CHOPS Power Injector System, the NBBQA 2015 and 16 Tool of the Year. They come in three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs. The first one, the half-gallon CHOPS Power Injector System designed for competition or to pump up the Backyard Warrior. They're easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. Comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. It's 100 bucks plus you pay the shipping. Then you have the one-gallon CHOPS power injector system. Designed for catering, bigger jobs. It holds double the amount. Some use it when they cook MBN whole hog or maybe doing 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. This one's 120 bucks. plus you pay the shipping. Then the CHOPS full power injector system. Electric, the commercial and competition, Big Daddy. Not a holding tank this time, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube you can put in any size container. You know, originally it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. And he said time and time again that with the CHOPS full power injector system, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, 3-plug screws, and a needle protector. This one, 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere. A number of the top pit masters are using the CHOPS power injector system every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. We live in a foodie world that requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast, and it's not just for meat. How about an alcohol-infused watermelon or cantaloupe? You can do it. Every injector, hand-assembled in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Extra accessories. You want them, they got them. You want to shoot medium ground spices, they got you covered for that. They got two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles. Also, a great way to make your chops injector bulletproof. Metal needle adapters. What else can I say? Plus, the Chops Barbecue Restaurant getting ready to open very shortly. I have Dan Uledal scheduled in two weeks' time, I believe it is. It's going to be fun and exciting. The CHOPS Power Injector System gives your barbecue some power. The website, BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's Barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, BarbecueKansasCity.com. All right. So, 
stay tuned for PK Grill Talk. I got to make sure I got all my stuff set to go. Next week, we may get to a story where I tell you about a lady who thought she had kidney stones. Indeed, pregnant. Didn't know she was pregnant. Boggles the mind. It boggles my mind more than the uh, the bear story. Okay, we're back after. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Unknown Smoker Accessories. Purveyors of made-in-the-USA stainless steel barbecue and smoker lid hinges, barbecue accessory hangers, rocket, rocket hot chimney grillers, heavy-duty aluminum foil dispensers, the fine products from Unknown Smoker Accessories. Keep your gear where it needs to be at arm's length and ready for battle. Visit unknownbbq.com slash supply. I'm sorry. Visit unknownbbq.com slash shop today. That's unknownbbq.com slash shop. Use promo code REMPE, R-E-M-P-E, and get 15% off your next order. The entire order. R-E-M-P-E. Wow. All right, if you are a real charcoal steak cooker, you have inevitably heard of the grill that my next guest makes. In fact, it just might be the go-to grill in the competitive steak cooking world. But tonight, we talk to him about the new grill they are going to be bringing to the market. Let's go to the hotline and welcome the CEO of PK Grills, Brian Taylor, joining me here on the show. Brian, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. I'm great, man. How are you doing? Absolutely fabulous, Brian. Uh, click your uh, camera there. I don't have any video on you. Yeah, please. sorry. I'm having a little Uh-oh. technical difficulty here. Oh, that's all right. Just a second. No problem. I got to get rid of Justin McGlawn and make sure that I got the right uh, video thing up here. Otherwise, we're all over the damn wire. Oh, boy. Look what I've done. I'm putting together a new computer. And it seems like this is the first time I've ever used a new computer for whatever reason. There we go. All right. So, uh, so no picture for you then for the moment. No, I, I will be. Uh, I'll be right there with the pic. Okay. All right. No problem. Headshot. How's that? Hey, good. Perfect. All right. Now I just got to figure right. out how the hell I can get rid of uh, Justin McGlone. And there you go. Okay. Look, we've made it. Success. All right, Brian, so I guess before we get into the new cooker, the PK360, if you want to go ahead and kind of give us a little bit of that background on PK Grill and the company itself. Yeah, sure. First, uh, thanks for having me here. Absolutely. It's uh, it's an honor. It's a fun show. Uh, So, yeah, PK dates back to 1952. That's when the first PK Grill was invented, and... uh, the company Portable Kitchens at the time made a bunch of grills under that name in the 50s, 60s, and into the early 70s. It's a really popular grill at the time. Uh, worked uh, very, very well. And uh, uh, but for a number of different reasons, the company ended up stop se- stopping selling the grills in the early 70s. Um, my company, uh, Portable Kitchens Inc. Uh, we had one of my partners was familiar with, with portable kitchens from growing up and 
And uh, here in the state of Arkansas, where we live, uh, Portable Kitchens was originally based here. And so even though they stopped selling these things 40 or 50 years ago, you still see them all over the place here and really kind of throughout the southeast. And so the uh, while the company went away, the, a lot of the products never went away. The, and there was still some familiarity with the brand. And uh, one of my partners had a particular affinity with it and had the bright idea uh, about 15 years ago to, to go uh, see what had happened exactly with the company and, and who owned the rights to the business and see if we could start making those things again. Uh, you know, I guess one of the things that, you know, if, if, if people don't know or I guess aren't aware of what a PK grill looks like, there's uh, some pretty unique and uh, definitive features that a PK has that uh, pretty much everything else doesn't have out on the market. And uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the, the most defining characteristic of the PK is that it's made of cast aluminum. Um, you, you know, and uh, you see a lot of steel grills, obviously, on the market, uh, dif- different types of steel. You see c- ceramics, of course, are popular. Um, but, but a pure cast aluminum grill, particularly a charcoal grill, is pretty, is pretty unique. It was unique 50 or 60 years ago, and uh, it's still unique today. Um, and frankly, we're, we're glad it is. We think that uh, the aluminum offers some really distinct advantages to the other options that are out there. Um, both on from a cooking perspective, uh, this is a really good cooking grill, um, and it's also because of the the aluminum won't ever corrode. Uh, it really adds to the durability of the product. Brian Taylor joining me here on the show, CEO of PK Grills. Uh, PKGrills.com is the website if you want to check it out here if you haven't seen one before. Uh, Brian, I guess you know one of the questions that I wanted to ask you about is you know when you see people bring something to the market and they start seeing it be very successful and it starts getting this cult-like following. I mean, it had a cult-like following, you know, 30, 40 years ago, but fast forward to kind of where we are today, uh, it's becoming uh, wildly popular again. We're going to be talking about the thing sitting behind you there, the PK360 here, which is like the new product in 40 years that you've turned out. Why do you think that you haven't seen more cast aluminum style cookers come to the market? I mean, usually success begets people wanting to copy everything else like it underneath the sun, but really not so much with the aluminum style cookers. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a good question. And, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know exactly why, uh, I, because, you know, as I said before, I'm a definite believer in the science behind why aluminum is superior. Uh, but, uh, I will say, uh, just a couple of things. One, it's uh, it's a very expensive product to make. Um, it's very capital intensive for a manufacturer to get set up to make one of, one of these grills. Uh, so that's that's probably a factor. Uh, and then it's also it's a complicated process. It's a little more of a of an artisan, uh, I would say, an artisan process than more of the standard kind of sheet sheet metal grills that can you can just mass produce by hundreds of thousands or millions. Each one of these things is kind of its own little baby that requires, you know, special attention, spe- special care. So, um, uh, you know, we're uh, we're happy that that it's kind of a part of the market that we've got cornered. And uh, eventually, if other people start start following us, hopefully that means that we're having some good success. You know, I think there's a, a lot of talk about people 
either from a manufacturing standpoint, want to manufacture here in the States, or consumers saying they want to buy stuff that's made here in America. Where do you guys fall into that? Are you somebody that makes all your stuff here in the States, or is it offshore? We do. We we actually do a mix of both. And, uh, you know, I, I'm certainly one who uh, my preference would be uh, to make everything we can here. Sure. Um, it, you know, that's something I, I feel passionate about personally. And, and if when I'm a consumer and I've got an opportunity to choose between, between two things that are equal, if, if one of them's made here, that's always a good tiebreaker uh, for, for me. Um, but first and foremost for us is, uh, is the quality of our products. And uh, we think that that's where uh, our product is dist- distinguished today and what we hope will distinguish us going forward. And in some cl- cases, um, there are going to be things that we can make better here. And then, and then in some cases, there are going to be things that we're going to have to go overseas for. So um, you'll, you know, you'll see us doing a, a mix of both of those. So in the last 40 years, Brian, it's been the flagship PK-style grill. And now you're going to be introducing a new offering to the product's portfolio, uh, again, which is behind you, the PK360. So talk to me about the name and how this cooker differs from that flagship PK grill. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, first of all, the classic. So we the, the one we brought back when we first started making these things again in, two, in 2000, um, that was one of the most popular models from the from the 50s, and the, for the first 10 years or so of this business, we it was run on a, a very small scale. We didn't spend any money on marketing, had a very small staff, and uh, and it and it was it was kind of amazing in hindsight uh, how much of a hold that thing got when when we were remaking a grill that was designed 50, 60 years uh, ago. And it just remained relevant. Uh, it, it, it was very good. It started getting rated very high versus the other offerings that are, that are out there. So I th- first of all, I think it's, it's unique that we're, that we're selling something on one hand that, that has really stood the test of time. Um, and that, uh, I think, was validation in, in our minds um, in the last few years when we really decided to, to kind of take what we thought was a, a really cool opportunity with PK and, and really try to grow it, try to grow the awareness of the product, try to grow our portfolio of products. But at the foundation of that, we felt like we had a, a really distinctly good product that had clearly stood the test of, of decades. And uh, that, you know, but that over 60 years, um, we felt like there were some opportunities to do that product even better. And so, we spent uh, really the better part of two years really thinking through, you know, how do how do we, you know, not not lose what's great about the classic P- PK, the design reflecting back to that that era, um, what makes a PK cook cook great and what makes it so durable. But we also wanted to add some modern functionality. Um, we wanted to modernize the aesthetic uh, a, a little bit. And um, so I, th- I think uh, I'm really happy that I feel like what we've done uh, with the PK360 has taken what's really good about the classic and, and enhanced it in a, in a lot of ways. And, and I would say, m- you know, from our perspective, made what was the best charcoal grill and smoker you could buy uh, significantly better with this, this new model. 
Brian Taylor joining me here on the show, CEO PK Grills. Uh, Brian, some of the things that jump out to me as we kind of look over your shoulder there compared to that uh, first PK or the one that you kind of uh, had brought back to life. Uh, obviously, shape a little bit different. This one looks uh, perhaps even bigger, but instead of yeah. that uh, that uh, kitchen cart style, uh, this one is more pedestal-esque, and then you have uh, side shelves that are hanging off there. But the yeah. I guess the most... I'm going to use horrible English and say the most coolest um, engineering thing that I've seen on this grill is the air intake controls that are at the bottom there. Uh, really kind of revolutionary, I think. Yeah, man, I'm glad I'm glad you think so. Uh, we spent a lot of time trying to think through that. The uh, the classic PK has uh, uh, has a similar airflow. Um, kind of science with two two vents on the bottom and two two vents on the top. Simple, but it just works really well. But we felt like we could improve, you know, you, uh, using the same kind of airflow, we felt like we could improve the usability of making it easier for for the person who's using it to understand how uh, how much air is getting in, how much air is getting out, improve the um, the ability to clean out the ash, which can be a little bit of a problem with our classic grill. So I can show you. Yeah. I'm walk over here for maybe some people who haven't seen what you're talking about here. Uh, so tell me if, if you can see here. First of all, you kind of see back here. In yeah, the there's the original. Behind me. Yep. Yeah, I've got, so I've got the classic here, I guess, on your right and the PK360 on the left. So you, so you, you can get a sense for this relative size between the two. Um, as you said, it is quite a bit bigger. Uh, PK360. So the feature that you mentioned, uh, the airflow. So you can see these two cylinders. Are you tracking with me still? Yep. Okay. So we've got these two cylinders here on the front. These are hollow cylinders. So you can get air through the, the front and the back of each of these holes. These things are designed to, to pivot. And they'll pivot up to 90 degrees. You can see, uh, probably can't see it in the dark here, but there's a small indicator on yep. here. If the indicator is going to the right, that tells you that the vent's closed. The indicator is pointing up, that tells you you've got air coming in. So pretty simple. And it's, you know, it's at an ergonomic height. So when you're standing in front of these things, it's kind of right there where your hands are. You can look down and see exactly how you want to dial that thing in. And that if you look at it from the inside of the grill... I'll kind of pull the cooking surface out here. <clears throat> so on the ins- on the inside of the grill, first of all, the uh, the air intake is covered by this mm-hmm. what we call an ash roof, which is removable. If you pull the ash roof off, you can see that the holes on the cylinder underneath are lined up with the holes on the inside of the grill. And so as I turn the grill, you see the holes are closing off. Yep. I turn it back, they're opening it back up. Wow. It's almost like so, a, a pretty precise ability to control the fire that's getting onto the coals. Yeah, it it, it is. And it's, uh, so we, uh, you know, the, the one of the trademarks of the classic grill is the ability to really dial in a, a temperature and hold that temperature. And it's amazing with the, the limited amount of air that gets into the classic, just really subtle changes can uh, can get a temperature variance from locking in at 220 degrees to probably 700 degrees wow. on a classic. In the case of this 360, 
we added a little more airflow. And so uh, in this, this is a test model here on this particular unit. Uh, I've got this thing with, if, if both vents are open, I've got it up in the neighborhood of 800 degrees. Wow. Um, and, and, and then the same as a classic, you can dial it in at 220 and cook all day on it. If you're wanting to slow cook something, uh, from a availability standpoint, uh, I know the 360 is kind of being marketed as limited time and, you know, a zero or one through X, uh, are sold out. And then you have like the next versions that are, or the next run that's going to be still available. And then a, a third run. Um, some thought put into that to make that exclusivity uh, kind of a thing, or is this something that might make its way out into continuous production, uh, or does that kind of spit in the face of everybody that's jumping on it now? No, so the the PK360 itself is going to move into con- uh, ongoing production. Mm-hmm. So the, fo- the folks that are buying, so uh, as you mentioned, we're making these things available, excuse me, for pre-sale right now. Uh, the first units are coming off the production line this this month uh we've told the folks that have uh purchased the first 100 units uh their units are scheduled to ship in the next couple of weeks and uh then folks in the sec in the batch behind that hopefully are very soon following that the the people who are buying the first of these are getting kind of a special edition so uh, on the back of the grill it'll be uh numbered and dated so they can see, you know, hopefully 50 years from now, they can say, well, I got PK num- PK360 number seven that was made in November of 2016. And we've also thrown in just a, a bundle of other goodies that you get with the grill. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, starting this month, really next month, this thing will be generally available um, uh, for hopefully you know, for years to come. The classic grill isn't going anywhere either. So we'll have that. And, uh, and then hopefully down the road, um, we've actually already designed some, some friends to go along with this PK 360, uh, similar design family, but, uh, some, a few differences to distinguish those models. So hopefully if the PK 360 goes well, we'll keep adding to the family. Uh, from a price point, what's the uh, original model and what's the 360 sitting at right now? The uh, the classics at three sixty nine ninety nine, the uh, the PK three sixty is a big jump to eight ninety nine ninety nine. Uh, that 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 uh, particular configuration, it's available actually. The the PK three sixty is a little a little different. The way it's designed, um, it's kind of modularized. So if you buy the grill with the full stand and the uh, ironwood shelving set which is our top end shelving set that whole that whole uh grouping is 899.99 but the the uh the grill was actually also designed to easily separate itself from the stand um which we wanted to be able to do for a couple of reasons one we wanted to make it easy to take the grill with you so i'll show you a couple of uh, features that are helpful to that so first of all if you see on the under, underneath side of the grill here yep. we built a knob in here so just with a twist of the knob you can lift the grill right off the top of the stand and then on this on the side here you see where i take where i'm storing my shelves right now uh there's a handle that's oh. hidden there on each side so um even though this is bigger than the classic pk 
it was really engineered more to, for portability than the classic PK was. But these these same mounts uh, for the side handles can also be used for a built-in. So there's a uh, I think uh, I think uh, we'll have a lot of interest for people who want to just build that that PK360 into maybe an outdoor patio. Um, that configuration is going to be five ninety nine ninety nine. Brian Taylor is the CEO of PK Grills, the website pkgrills.com, and the 360 is right over his shoulder, and a sexy devil it is. Uh, Brian, really appreciate the time tonight, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, man, thanks a lot. You got it? Hopefully talk to you again soon. Brian Taylor, PK Grills, CEO. I talk to CEOs, you know. Come on. You know me. What do you think? Eight ninety nine for the full boat? Too much? Not enough? Just right? No way? Yes way? All day? React. Want to hear about it. It's really big on the steak cooking thing. The classic is real big, right? Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. It manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you're a barbecue in your backyard kind of guy or you're in the competition circuit or in a five-star dining facility for all that. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job and do it well. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website, cookshack.com, or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Moore. The FEC 100, PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and grill, low and slow, hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion, dedication, drive Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the top of the priority list. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call them, 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit the website cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. All right. Here we go. Sterling ball out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. 
Oh, boy. Can't even talk about what just happened. Can't even. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh. Unbelievable. All right. Here's the bottom line. King of the Smoker took place this past weekend and helping me close the show tonight. We talked to the winner earlier in the show, but wanted to get a recap from the promoter's standpoint, the creator's standpoint. So we race to the hotline and welcome back a friend of the show, Sterling Ball. Sterling, how are you, buddy? That's that well. Other than the Z-Pack I'm taking, I'm fine. Oh, what's going on with you? Recovering from the weekend? Yeah, um, yeah. Jesse's, Jesse's down for the count. Uh, I'm fine, though. I never get sick, and I, I don't admit it. I was in BJ's yesterday, and I was in the studio today, but I am. It, uh, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of moving parts. Wow. All right. So, uh, you know, let's get right after it. This past weekend uh, concludes King of the Smoker, version 2016. Uh, you looked at it. You saw it happen, transpire, live, local, late, breaking. Uh, can you simply compare it? year over year over year, or are they all your separate children and you love each one individually because of what they represent that year? Well, you know, it was such, it was a stressful year because, um, well, actually, as the good news, bad news, the good news is Smithfield signed on as a title sponsor. Yep. And then once I got that deal signed, the one the guy I created it with at the La Quinta Resort went to Sedona, and the new manager decided to ignore our agreement. Uh-oh. even though it was in writing. So basically fired us. So on one hand, I got a sponsor. On the other hand, I don't have a venue. And the one thing about the La Quinta Resort, they've had a lot of turnover. And uh, most of the good people in La Quinta actually ended up at the Westin. And the Westin uh, wanted us. Um, you know, King of the Smoker, we, we had a great spot before in the Grove, but we started out with our own little casitas, and they kept pushing us farther out to the um, – to the edges of the resort and they didn't have parking. So it was hard for the people, but the Western put us front and center. Um, it was tighter for the team, but I actually think it was cooler. I mean, everybody could have asked for one easy upside, but I told them if they asked, I'd call them a pussy. So nobody did. And it was like as close as you'll ever seen. See cooks, but the camaraderie and, and that's the most important thing. The chemistry there is what makes or breaks the thing. Um, and the chemistry was just astounding. I guess from a business standpoint, from the hotel, the La Quinta, like they, they just don't want to, they had better things to do. They thought barbecue people were weirdos. Like, what's the deal? No, I, I you know, listen, I want to talk about the good things like the Weston. I don't want to say that they thought they had a big group that weekend and they ended up at 50% occupancy in La Quinta. <laughs> so. It might have been a little karma at play, but yeah. the Weston couldn't have been. I think most people preferred the Weston. I mean, the, the, the service, the staff, the people. But, yeah, I can't talk about the King of the Smokers without talking about Jesse in my office, Big Papa Smokers, general manager. Talk about James the Flame and talk about Jody. James stayed up two consecutive days. Wow. We finally made him go to sleep. Made him, made him go to sleep. Um, and then every other person, we call them the Red Shirts, the, the staff, they're all management at Ernie Ball or uh, the other company. So, and they all volunteer. But <laughs> Holly, my general manager, is strong and she's chairing two meat boxes at a time, the teams. And I don't know, I think 
you know, as a, as a parent, I said this, as a parent, you're judged by your children. As a boss, these people make me look pretty good because they're, they're outstanding. Um, from a, a beneficial standpoint, I mean, certainly all of the competitive teams want to do whatever they can do to, to get some type of garner from you in order to get that invite. Uh, but there's a bigger thing that plays off here, and I don't know if everybody knows, you know, the the backstory of your son Casey and uh, the the fight that he has had through his life. And uh, I think if you kind of go back through some of the video archives, and you know, you can see where the whole well, Casey Lee Ball foundation. It. Yeah, go ahead. At two, at, at two years old, my third third son Casey was diagnosed with misdiagnosed, by the way, with malignant tumors in both kidneys, and it turns out he had a much worse disease. And he had eight operations by the time he turned six, including getting my kidney. Um, I told the doctors at UCLA that I'd raise money for pediatric kidney disease as long as I lived. And we used to have VA list golf tournament. It had Clooney, yeah. Gretzky, Murray, everybody. And it, then it was um, a pro-am after the Bob Hope. And then I kind of scaled it back a bit and made King of Smokers part of it. But we raised, I think, it ended up being close to 200000 because quite a few teams actually gave their money back. Uh, uh, confidentially. I mean, Darren was very public about it. He's never taken a penny from the King of the Smokers, but uh, the hearts of these barbecues are amazing, but we're at 23 years with Casey and my kidneys failing. In fact, it's pretty much done, and uh, nobody in the family is a suitable donor, so that was a lo- that's a lot of stress on everybody right now. Um, we're hoping um, some people have signed up to to, you know, Myron Nixon volunteered at the, at the contest to, to see if he's a donor. I mean, it's very, very tough times in the Ball family right now as far as Casey goes. I mean, it'll be fine, but if we don't find a donor, he's on dialysis, which would be, sure. you know, not a great quality of life. No. So that's one side. The other side is that we raise money for Operation Barbecue Relief, and we were able to raise um, about 7500 from them. You know, I want to also talk about somebody before you get a chance, and I want to talk about Steph Franklin. Yeah. You know, my partner is simply marvelous. Steph didn't have the best year this year. He didn't qualify. I could have used a captain's pick, but he didn't want it. And he sent me a scrolling. You always are involved in the food. You cooked the, the Snake River Prime Rib the night before. He goes, the banquet, and he goes, I'm going to take care of everything. I'm going to handle the, the cooking the protein for the banquet, and I'm going to take care of the vending. And I got Luke Gray from Old Hickory to come out, and a group of California volunteers, including uh, Mo from Left Coast, came out and made his barbecue reemergence. But Tom Moore, I mean, the, the list of people that volunteered, and, but that's that's class right there, Steph. And I think he worked two days straight. I think everybody, Scott Rodriguez from Tootin' Stinky was on the line, uh, Ed Williams. I don't I don't want to leave anybody out, but it was just. I mean, it was really amazing. And, the, and you know, Jeff Staney owns Joe's Kansas City and Kansas City Barbecue Store. Um, he tried their food, and he says, that wasn't just good food. That was exceptional yeah. barbecue. So that was awesome. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show, recapping King of the Smoker. Uh, you know, I talked to Justin McGlawn earlier in the show, uh, the guy that uh, won Grand Champion, um, Tim Shearer, uh, Reserve Grand Champion. But, I mean... Anybody that showed up in that field had just as good a chance as winning as anybody else because it is, you know, 24 of the best teams that are out there. As you were seeing the competition unfold, um, you know, did you have any inklings just from your trained eye that 
somebody was having a better cook than the next, or you just possibly can't tell? No, and, and I'll tell you, I want to say a couple of things just before I get so I don't forget. Yeah. You can't, you had the pork princess, Emily Duttweiler, you had Dieter Bergen, you had Taylor, you had Scott, the president of Smithfield there. They were unbelievable. We had Robert, the owner of Agri-Beef. We had Shane and we had uh, Anella, the meat maven, who, by the way, sang uh, yes. me and Bobby Vicky with the band. That. And the drummer, John, John Ferrer, was one of the great musicians of all time. We are in the studio today and he said, man, that gal that sang... Me and Bobby McGee, he goes, that was as good a performance and as authentic a performance as I've heard. And then I brought the house down. But as good as she sang, she was just, you couldn't have a better representative and, and, a, and a sweeter person in barbecue. So between the Smithfield crowd, the Snake River Farms crowd, it was pretty, we had, we just had great support everywhere between Steph and, you know, and then the teams, you're watching the teams and there's one thing. There are a couple teams that might not that might blame the cow, if you know what I mean, or the pig. But <laughs> most of the people are pretty honest. Yeah. Like Chris Lilly said, my brisket was bad. I, and when Chris had three calls, it looked like he might, you know, he won the first one. Yeah, and he right. had some disappointing um, King of the Smokers for him, not for me. I love having Chris, and they're such a fun team. But you know, Chris looked like he was uh, um, had a Myron had three calls. About, and I know Justin said that, but it was it's pretty interesting. I'll tell you another thing. The King of the Smokers has a different kind of awards than, and if you watch it on Facebook Live replay, you can see it. The, I've never seen where they more aggressively and sincerely cheer for the other teams. Like, Grace Street got a call, I think fourth place ribs or something, and I told the guys, hey, rookies, you get a call, you're going to drop and give me 20. And, you know, because I kept calling Rookie, I was hazing him a little bit. And right. he gets up there, guys, give me 20 bucks. I said, that's not going to work. Drop it, <laughs> give me 20. So they both went down and did push it. But probably the thing from the awards that I'll remember for as long as I live is Johnny Trigg getting second place ribs gone. And a standing ovation going up to the stage. He's crying on the stage. So is Trish. Trish, I, I, you kind of not. I think you might have to be pretty inhuman to not be touched. Johnny Triggs are crying in front of you, so I, I got something in my eye, I think, because it, you know they were watering up a little bit. But, of course. And then a standing ovation going back. And you know, Johnny Johnny fell on the day of the cook, hit his head. Uh, the trick, the cooker moved on Trish, and she had to hold it up with the with her hands against the firebox, and um, it just was. I mean, I just there was some stress around Johnny, but wow. God. I mean, Johnny Trigg, I mean, kick some butt. Did I lose you? No, oh, sorry. I thought we cut out there for a second. Uh, Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. Um, when you get to, and, and you know, like, I mean, you're a competitor too, uh, by the way, very good competitor, I might add, and had a, a uh, hellacious 2016 season. Um when you're turning it on the other side, you're the one hosting awards. I mean, you really like to kind of make sure that it's uh, efficient and that it's not like long and, and, and drawn out either, right? I try to make it funny. Yeah. And a perfect, I have, first of all, I don't know who won and I don't want to know. And I don't go in the tent other than the morning to give the judges why, why we do it. But then, you know, Deloitte does all the tax work for my businesses. And um, I ask, 
my the senior partner from the local Deloitte, Deloitte office, one of the biggest accounting firms in the world, to audit the results. Not that Kelly and Kathleen need auditing, but his name happens to be Vito. So I called Vito up, and he's got the checks in his hands, just like the Academy Awards. And the checks are already written. People don't have to wait. And on one side, I have my granddaughter helping me this. Yeah. It says what the category is. You open the envelope up, and you give them the check at the same time. Um, I think the, the hardest thing is is want, really wanting to cook it. I mean, the same with the guinea pigs. It's such a unique and uh, different challenge. And I don't care who you are as a living, breathing cook. You're standing there watching them giving out 24 boxes and wish they were given 25. Another great. In other words, I would love to have cooked it. Obviously, I can't and wouldn't because I think you're either a promoter or you're not. Yeah. You know. Well, you know the the thing that continues to I mean not surprise me but uh, kind of at least makes me feel good is every year that goes by. Uh, and now you know it was like the first time it happened. Everybody talked about how great it was, and then. A couple months before the next one, everybody was kind of ramping up. Now, I mean, with the turn of the year, people are going to be talking about what can they do in order to give themselves a shot at maybe getting that invite to King of the Smokers. Obviously, Justin is uh, qualifying automatically by winning. He gets to go back and defend in 2017. But this has really come to be one of the premier events uh, at a young age uh, as events are concerned. Yeah, you know, it's the teams, it's the it's the staff, it's the location. Um, I think it's the, the, the setup where you're on four different tables. I mean, there might be some people not happy with their tables, but each meet, each meet, the winner of each meet came from one of the four tables. I mean, it's not like one table, one, you know, one everything. It was, it was really spread out. Um, you know, it's real simple, Greg. I think people are learning more what's going on. The top ten, you're pretty much a lock, okay? Um, there's going to be five or six legends, because I think that's important. Yeah. I've got to look at some other sanctioning bodies. There's going to be a rookie. I mean, uh, uh, there's going to be a batting average team. There's going to be a returning team, and there's going to be a sponsor's pick, and there's going to be a, a promoter's pick, because I get that. And sometimes, um, so when you're between... 11 and 25, it, it, it's, it's, it's sort of difficult, but there's also several people I talk to around the country. But, I mean, if you want to make sure you get invited, finish in the top 10. Easy enough. Uh, Sterling Ball is the creator of uh, King of the Smoker. It just happened this past weekend. The Smithfield King of the Smoker. Smithfield King of the Smoker. And, uh, I mean, it continues to grow and, and rage in popularity each year and uh, becoming its own myth and legend as uh, time wears on. Sterling, uh, what else uh, before I let you go tonight, my friend? And I appreciate the time under how the weather. I give you, how about if I give you my promoter's pick next year? All right. Oh, what To cook? Yeah. No, I'm not going to cook that. Why maybe, would I do that? Just Maybe I'll put you and oh, me on the team and that'll no, come on no, no, barbecue. No. I mean, I, I don't... Uh, the the difference between Meathead and myself is like I would I'm not averse to competing other than every reason I said I would never do it, but I'm not averse to competition. Like I don't th- I think if I go in to an event if I finish last it doesn't ruin any credibility that I have on this show. I mean I'm a babbling idiot for crying out loud. But if but I you're, but, but Greg you yeah, are babbling. Idiot. I know. So but if I go 
if I'm one of the 24 teams at King of the Smoke, I mean, we all know where I'm going to finish. I mean, that could, that's Excuse the worst me. movie ending Excuse ever. Me. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Do you think I was serious? Of course. Oh, here we go. You've ruined my dream just when I was getting ready to accept. I would rather come. Here's here's my pick. I would rather, I will rather come next year and cover, and do maybe an hour or two live on a on a Friday Saturday, than uh, than worry about taking somebody's pick on a cook side. Right? That would be fun. Oh no. Well, I invited you this year, and I, I know, know some things didn't. Fine. The stars didn't align, but we'd love to have you. Yeah. Listen, I want to thank the teams too. The teams were so good. I mean. It was really fun. It's the kind of thing where you could have sat down in any um, tent, and it, at the different nights of events and stuff, we have three nights of events for this thing, and you could sit down at any table. I mean, it's just cool. I mean, I, everybody's felt pretty welcome, I think. Next year, we're going to be doing live Barbecue Central show from King of the Smokers. I will work to ensure that happens. Do you and play a musical instrument? I sing, man. I, we, we had Lon from Joe Bob sing yeah. and play. We have Lonesome Scott Key sing. He sings every year. Yeah. We have the fabulous Jeremy Moyers on steel guitar oh. and guitar. And Jeremy's a great musician. Professional we musician. Had David Qual- we had David Qualls on rhythm guitar. Wow. And we had Anel on the Meat Maven. And Sterling Ball and on the Fat back, Neck. Yeah, and backed by uh, some top studio musicians. Wow. Yeah, I sing. Little country, I could do a little David Allen Coe. Uh, you never even call me by my name. I could bring it down. Book it. You might want to give us a few to choose from. All right. Well, uh, we'll put a we'll put a short list together, and uh, if you I'll, I'll be on for Vegas, a Vegas, Vegas this weekend, Darren's coming to cut my legs off. Uh oh. Well, I hope not. Look out! And we got the tallest man on barbecue in yep. Vegas. Yep. We've we got uh, Travis. We got. Um, Saney, we've got a bunch of fun guys. Should be really fun. All right, we'll look for it. So, uh, again, Sterling Ball, King of the Smoker, and uh, Smithfield's King of the Smoker, BigPapaSmokers.com. Sterling, always appreciate the time and, uh, most importantly, the support of this show. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Bye. You got uh, Sterling Ball. He go. He got to go. Uh, muscling up, by the way, under the weather. So, certainly appreciate that. I mean, that's got to be a weekend. Can you imagine... The uh, shenanigans and tomfoolery that uh, are running amok. Holy moly. I'm definitely getting out there next year. I'll buy my own plane ticket. I will. I will do it. I would do it. The longest running sponsor of the show is the Barbecue Guru. And they make automatic pit temperature control devices so you don't have to sit around and tend the pit temperatures, right? If you're busy working pro, if you're constantly on the run with the kids, you're doing errands, you got to get one of these. Here's what you do. You put on the butts, the briskets, the slabs of ribs, all that stuff. You set the pit temperature. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. Bunch of different models to choose from. All at insanely low prices because of how they have gone and started to resell. They've taken distribution back in-house. Party Q starts at like 130 bucks. runs on AA batteries, a self-contained unit. You're going to love it. Yonex Oven getting a revamp as well. Barbecue Bob Trudnack will be on sooner than later to kind of give us the heads up before the end of the year, I hope. Here's what you do. Head on over to thebbqguru.com. Check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 
800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. We're back to wrap right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. Thanks again to Sterling Ball for participating in the last segment and recapping. King of the Smoker. All right, let's get after it. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, for the monthly Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Then, we talked to Justin McGlawn, Lucky's Q. He is the team that won King of the Smoker this year. At 10.14, we talked with Brian Taylor, PK Grills, about the new PK360. Also, a little backstory on PK Grills, where it started, how it kind of wafted into thin air in the mid-70s, and then they've reborned it. Brought the old flagship back, now have the PK360. That will go into general production, as he said, as well. And then closed it out tonight with Sterling Ball, Big Papa Smokers, and Smithfield's King of the Smoke. Um, I've made a, a horrific scheduling error that I'm going to have to make good on, but I will not talk about it at the moment. Uh, we have shows loaded all the way through the end of the year. I'm not not doing shows. Tuesdays fall the right way, so you get them new all the way through. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.